I think I think if, if anyone has stayed through that, uh, you know they are they are true Phantom Correspondence fans uh, that have stayed through our our uh, beatbox rendition of the Game of Thrones theme. But that is the best possible I think introduction to what we're calling uh, our what are we calling this House of Dragons mid season mid season mid season funness. Spoiler cast, funness, spoiler cast, review, whatever. You review, prefer. sure. There's gonna be some review. There's mm-hmm. gonna be some funness. There's gonna be. There's definitely gonna be spoilers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you haven't watched this, they're all on HBO Max at this point. Um, and I'm sorry if you haven't watched this because you've definitely been spoiled by now because it's been everywhere. It's been a meme. It has been everywhere. It has been the most meme show in a long time. Yeah, uh, probably since the last Game of Thrones. Whoa. So yeah. But uh, before we jump into what we're going to be talking about, House of Dragons, uh, the first five episodes of our ten-episode season, mm-hmm. uh, before we jump into that, uh, I do have some other things to plug. Uh, apparently, there's other things going on at Phantom Correspondence. I know, you know that's, that? It's kind of weird. Yeah, I know. Yeah. We're putting out so many podcasts. and We are. We, we took a slight little Blake. Slight little Blake. Slight little Blake. Slight little Blake. <laughs> we took a slight little break mm-hmm. um, because of uh, just... Life, really. Life, pretty much, yeah. yeah. Schedules. Yeah, schedules and things like that. Uh, but we're coming back at you. You know, we're coming back at you hard. Mm-hmm. Um, because we got some Star Wars uh, stuff coming up with yep. uh, the EU. Or EU. Review. Review, which I love. One of my favorite uh, titles. Uh, what you got coming up with that, Jake? So we've got Lost Stars by Claudia Gray. Nice. Uh, it is a really, really good book that's set during <laughs> the original trilogy era. Um, and, and for the people who have been saying... Which and some people have said it in an annoying way. Some people have said it in a, in a decent way. Of oh, I want to, I want to focus on something besides the Skywalkers. This is a really, really good book to pick up because all brand new characters written incredibly well by Claudia Gray. Yeah, I literally had no clue what this book was about till about what 10, 15, 10, minutes, 15 ago. minutes ago. Yeah, until and I kind of want to read it now. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'll be intrigued to see uh, what you guys do with that. Of course, in October you do have a special guest, uh, probably one of the foremost uh, experts on Shadows of the Empire, mm. uh, is coming in in October. So yeah. we do want to talk about that a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm really excited to see what that guy says. He's pretty controversial. He is uh, when he when is. things come in, uh, when particularly when it comes to Shadows of the Empire. Sure. And what uh, else do we have coming out in October? Uh, in October, uh, well, actually, I was, before we get to October, I was going to plug. Uh, I, well, I did. I'm, you're right. I did jump to October, but didn't want to plug uh, Bros. Vicious, which took a slight hiatus. Mm-hmm. We are behind. We are. So uh, we're probably going to make this into a weekly thing. There are, try to. We have to make this into a weekly thing. <laughs> um, we have no choice um, because they were like, "Here's four books," and like within a week, there was like fifteen Marvel, just fifteen Judgment yeah. Day books. About t- we're, we're getting. I think we're about seven Dark Crisis books behind. Yeah, but but what's so what's interesting is like Dark Crisis is going until like January or like January. So it's a little year. more stretched out, but, but still. Judgment Day on the other hand is like 
Yeah, yeah. Days, next month yeah, or something like that. Yeah. So like we've got to we got to catch up on that one. They're cramming yeah. things in. They're they're they they're doing the summer school uh, schedule yeah. where it's like, hey, we're throwing it all at you right now. Hope you hope you can get it all. Um, but yeah, so we got that to talk about. We'll be recording that soon. That should be out pretty quick. Mm. And then yeah, right, you're right. October, mm. the Christmas of the Phantom Correspondence hits Indeed. with Horror Fest. Yeah, uh, Horror Fest has become uh, uh, one of the uh, staples. One of the staples of the Phantom Correspondence because it probably has uh, two of the more um, dichotomous mm. elements of of the Phantom Correspondence and myself and Al sure. just talking about uh, horror movies. And uh, that has been uh, that has been stuff we, we've gotten really good feedback on that. Uh, you know, when we do get feedback, mm-hmm. uh, it's good typically. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I guess people keep all the bad feedback to themselves. Um, yeah, I haven't heard anything yet, okay, good. so I'm so, assuming there isn't any. You know, but yeah. Horror Fest is coming up. <laughs> I know. Um, you know that. Look for that right at the beginning of October. We're going to be hitting that really close at the, at the beginning of October. Uh, we got five great movies. Uh, and one coming. series. And one. What, what's our series? Uh, the one that me, Harry, and Alyssa are doing. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so, yeah we do have one, one series. series. Okay. Well, which so, we'll be revealing yeah. later. <laughs> I forgot about that, actually. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, now I'm excited about that, too. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, we, we got to get Jenny involved in that somehow. We do. She doesn't do a whole lot with horror, though. She doesn't, but, like, I, I know we're doing a halfway. We're doing, she's doing one horror Christmas movie, right? She's doing one horror Christmas movie, so yeah, because be Christmas Fest is her is her baby. Her, is her thing, you know. So, so yeah. yeah. But we're that that that's down the road of fan correspondence, though. Yeah. You know, maybe we could road. like maybe we could review. Uh, what's the uh, what's the the thing you said? Was that was that what's under your bed or? <laughs> don't look under the don't bed. Don't look under the bed. <laughs> maybe we could review that. You know, as, I, as I, don't, our, I don't know if I want to watch that. A I, th- I think fest like movie. I think like we would turn off like you know one of the movies that you are watching. and I'd be like, oh yeah, that was okay. And then I'd watch Don't Look Under the Bed and be like, I I yeah, need to see the lights on. Yeah. You know, yeah. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, that so any what all that to say, we've got a bunch of really cool stuff coming up. Uh, a lot of fun. Lot of, we got streams. Yeah. We got streams. We do got streams. We got the streams. My days are about to change though. Just heads up, guys. Oh. Now this week uh, it is going to be on Thursday again. Um, however, starting next week, I'm going to be on Monday and Wednesdays now. Mm. So, yeah. So, you know, just kind of changing up the schedule just a little bit. Cool. But, you know, yeah. My Thursdays, I'm about to start doing a... Uh, I've got a couple things in the works I might be doing uh, locally here in, uh, here in a little bit on Thursdays. So, so yeah. But I am really excited. Um, yeah. Uh, Wednesday Wednesdays will be karaoke streams from now on. Excuse me, I forgot to I forgot to mention that. Mondays will still be me going through the Soulsborne series with Bloodborne right now, and then eventually beating Elden Ring after I beat Bloodborne. Uh, if I ever get past the Orphan of Cause, uh, as of this writing, I am not past the Orphan of Cause in the Bloodborne DLC. But you know, we'll we'll get there together. It's been it's been fun for a lot of people to watch, and uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm ready for it. Uh, you know, I, I like the streams. Uh, they help me get through the day. Mm. Um, they're they're good. Typically pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you sing Phoebe Bridgers, and that's always fun. Sometimes I do sing Phoebe Bridgers. Yeah. I don't. Sometimes sing I always turn it on. You'll be like in the middle of September, barefoot mm. of fire, and you're just like, oh, he's bopping. <laughs> he's bopping. He's, he's bopping to the Bloodborne. <laughs> yeah, so. so yeah. But anyway, okay. That is that. We've wasted enough time. We have. Um, we have to now do a show that has wasted a little time. Yeah, that's one of the really the first things I want to talk about uh, with um, House of Dragon here. So one of the 
One of the critiques of Game of Thrones when it started was, or uh, not when it started, really when it ended, was that there was a lot of scenes you were just like, I don't know if we need this or not. You know what I mean? Like, there, there were a lot of scenes yeah. where you're just kind of like, you know, for every single, you know, like, you know, Brienne getting knighted scene, you know, there was a Brienne scene. Sure. You know. There, there was fluff. There was fluff. And there was just a lot of stuff where it just seemed like um, the time management of it wasn't good. Everybody, of course, critiques uh, the episode where John and the Dirty Dozen have to go grab the, <laughs> the zombie. Yes. I never thought that was that bad, but th- there's a lot of critiques of like how the time works on that. Mm. You know, uh, obviously Gendry looking it just, back to the wall, just running back just. to the wall like a, like a beast, dude. <laughs> you know, um, there's a lot of uh, stuff like that. This show has been. I'm gonna ask you about the pacing of the show. Okay. Have you had? Have there been any moments where you've been like this? The pacing is off here. But and the reason I ask that is because this show has asked you to do several time jumps already. They're going to ask you to do another time jump mm-hmm. in six. The biggest one. Yeah. So like, what what do you think of the pacing so far? So for me and and also for you, I know as well. Um, I know you read all of Fire and Blood, which covers the first half of the Targaryen lineage. I read up to. Uh, about where we're going to be at next week on the episodes. Um, so I was kind of prepared to do that because I kind of figured they were going to be not necessarily streamlining, but trying to... Because the first five episodes are really a lot of setup for what's going to happen throughout the rest of the series. Yeah. So you do have a lot of years to cover in that. So for me, having been ready for it, I didn't really feel any kind of issues with the pacing. And I've tried to kind of think about different scenes and people who have n- not read the books. I have a good friend at work who is watching the show as well. Has not read a single page of the books. Has been loving it at pretty much every every episode. Um, you know, even even to the point he even said, uh, I believe he said, uh, the first two episodes didn't necessarily feel like the old Game of Thrones quite the same way because there is a lot of time jumps, there is a lot of movements and everything. But he said, you know, around the time you get to episode three... You get a bit more like the kind of political espionage within the castle and everything. He was like, now it feels like Game of Thrones to me. Mm. Um, so, me personally, I haven't experienced any of it. And people that I've talked to that have not read the books also didn't experience anything with it, personally. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I, I just think I've been, I've been impressed with the fact that in a show that does have to move very quickly. Mm-hmm. Because... Um, we're looking at a... So, so just for example... Within the eight season of Game of Thrones, eight seasons of Game of Thrones, you're basically looking at what would you say, Jake, four years maybe, roughly, around that time, mm-hmm. you know. So like within the first five episodes of House of Dragon, you moved through about ten years. Yeah, you know, close to it. Yeah, you know, um, you're gonna get a jump, and you're gonna get another jump where I'm assuming Aegon. Uh, is going to be like 16, probably. Yeah. The the funny, I will admit, that has been one... Okay, you asked me if there was any kind of pacing issue. Um, seeing the different sizes of Aegon within two episodes, um, that was the only pacing issue I had. That's not really a pacing issue, it's just every time yeah. I saw him, he was bigger. He was just larger. You know, and because, now we're going to see him with his long blonde hair. With his long hair. blonde hair, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I, So, you know, that's... Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about... Because I, I want to talk a little bit about moving forward. Sure. Um, Sorry, I don't mean to get ahead. Yeah, no, 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 that's fine. No, I got ahead. But I, but I do want to talk a little bit about that in a second. Um, but yeah, the pacing I think has been really strong uh, with this show, um, and and is and part of it has been 
because they've been very intent, for the most part, on keeping you in one place, mm-hmm. uh, which is King's Landing. There's been a few places where they've, you know, where they've gone out. Of course, we've seen uh, Dragonstone. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen Driftmark. Um, but like for the most part, they've kept you in one place. Mm-hmm. Um, so that allows them to really do what Game of Thrones does best, which is study characters sure. um, with a lot of fantasy. Um, and I'm and I'm just I'm, I haven't watched Rings of Power yet. But I'm just using it as an example. I know Ring of Power is one of their things that everyone's been talking about is how the important thing for Ring of Power, or at least like every, what everyone's speaking about, is cinematography, just their ability to show these vast vistas, mm-hmm. you know, and everything. Game of Thrones are doing that too. Their budget is at is at where it was when season eight ended, which is you know high mm-hmm. high quality, you know, triple A movie style budget. So they can do that. But what's interesting about Game of Thrones is everything is there to um, shine a light on where the characters are at. Mm-hmm. Um, when Game of Thrones was failing, uh, or where it failed, was when they got away from that. This show seems pretty intent on sticking with that. Mm-hmm. Um, the amount of time that we spent with these characters uh, just, you know, in... <laughs> uh, particularly with uh, poor Patty Considine's uh, version of King Viscers here, who has spent, I would say, half the time, you know, either sick or angry or just like stuck somewhere mm-hmm. that he doesn't want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it allows for the characters to have a lot of breath and uh, grow uh, in ways um, where they don't have to rely on on the vistas and everything like else. And so that's, I think that's one of the things that does separate them from a in a fantasy point of view. That being said. The other thing I wanted to ask about um, is that increased budget. We've already seen it used quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember, so case in point, Jake, I remember when Game of Thrones was really hitting its stride and we had the loop train sequence. Mm, okay. Yes. Uh, the loop train sequence at the time, we had been in... Season we, 7, episode Season four. 7, episode 4. So mm-hmm. we're looking at like close to fi- over 50 episodes at that point, right? Yeah, yeah, because yes, yeah, it's, yeah. so, it's, I mean, it's 10 a season until so season 70. Seven. So 70-odd episodes. Well, I guess it's 74th episode. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we were like, oh my gosh, that is the coolest thing we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It took us three episodes to get a scene like that. Yeah. You know? So like, what do you think about the increase in budget? Have they used it uh, judiciously? You know, or you know, is there some stuff there that's just there kind of to be there? I think, I think there might be a... I think we might see an increase in scenes like that coming going forward. Well, there almost has there to be. There almost has to be yeah. with certain things that yeah. you and I know happens yeah. uh, in, the, in the next few episodes. But, you know, I think the entire point, the fact that they were going to do the Stepstones, I, I thought they would skip the Stepstones. I really did. Uh, I thought... I, I would have been upset. And, and I would have too. It because is, the Stepstones is a really important Damon part of Damon's story. Exactly. But I didn't know... Watching the trailers, I didn't know exactly where they were starting Damon at. Mm-hmm. So, for all I know, they could have started Damon as the hero of the Stepstones kind of situation if they wanted to do, like, let's avoid a battle this early, you know, and save it for later, mm-hmm. you know. So, th- there's a part of me that I thought they might do that. No, they they don't do that. No, instead, they let, you know, Damon get his, uh, his Jon Snow Battle of the Bastards moment. Uh, and, yeah, and it's, and it's great. It's wonderful. Um... We'll but, talk about that sequence a little more. Sure. Yes. I, yes. I apologize. I don't mean to get ahead, but I, um, 
I don't know. I think they've used it very well. Uh, you mentioned the fact that they stuck in King's Landing a lot, even to the point of changing certain sequences. The entire sequence in episode f- f- uh, four with Damon and Rhaenyra, that's four, right? Yeah, that all actually takes place on Dragonstone in the books. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm kind of with you. I kind of like the fact that they've really focused on a central location more. Um, because it has allowed us to really focus on the characters more. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I think, I think they did, I think they have done well with building this world that we already know, but also showing it, like, from way before the the Game of Thrones started and everything. Being able to see dragons just randomly, I know that that's definitely because of an increase in budget. Because we are able to see, because all the dragons obviously take, you know, quite a bit with CGI and everything. Um, so I know that that's kind of been a, that's kind of helped me a lot, at least kind of get into the show, because of the sense of, well, this is the time when dragons were ruling Westeros. Like, this is the time to see them. So I don't know, I think, I think, they, I think they've been very intelligent about how they were going to use their budget and everything with that. Yeah. So you bring up something interesting. Um, I got. I'm gonna go into a, a slight. because uh, so, we're gonna start talking about story now. Um, I'm gonna go into a slight chase rabbit trail here. Okay. Because one of the things that's interesting about this book uh, and show, um, if you look at them as uh, two opposing forces almost, mm-hmm. because the book, the conceit of the book is the maester. Whichever maester it is, I can't what his Eustace, name is. is it Eustace is Maester Eustace. No, it's uh, it's it's da- it ends with da- is it Gildane or something like that. I think either way, yeah. He's writing a book for Tommen. Tommen, yes, about like, hey, here's a book on the history of mm-hmm. the Targaryens. Um, might help you, might help you learn how to rule before you jump to your death because uh, your mom kills your wife. Sure, yeah. Um, so, um, Eu. yeah, Eu. <laughs> uh, but. <laughs> But uh, what's interesting about the book is, is the book um, deliberately is telling you that like some of this stuff could be false, yeah, because of witnesses and things like that. The show, on the other hand, uh, is giving you a pretty omnipotent view of things, where you are seeing the things as they truly are. So, one of the things you bring up. Is this concept of like, well, this is the time of the dragons, mm-hmm. but it's not really the time of the dragons, right? Because the dragons are nowhere near; they're on their they're cresting downward. Yeah. Um, because the Targaryens, particularly at this point, um, certain Targaryens take their dragon riding very seriously. You know, I mean, we see that with Rhaenyra, obviously Daemon, mm-hmm. um, and even some of the Valerians with uh, Laenor mm-hmm. uh, being dragon rider. And Rainies. Uh, and Rainies, yeah, obviously. Um, so they, they take their dragon riding very seriously. Mm. Some of the Targaryens, Viserys, doesn't ride dragon. No. Okay? So there's a so there's a sense of, you know, the dragons are going downward. And one of the interesting things about, one of the reasons that this union happens, I am skipping ahead, but the real reasons the whole union between Rhaenyra and Laenor happens is because of, of uh, Viserys saying, I want to create another, you know, I want the dragons to rule for another hundred years. Mm-hmm. The idea of putting two dragon runners together. I'd say all that to say this. There have been several moments in this show where things have been said, probably more so than any show I've watched recently, 
uh, with the possible exception of maybe Mad Men back in the day, mm-hmm. where things have been said where you have to go, hold on, what exactly what does was that mean? meant? Yeah. So what do you what do you think about that? Because they're they're adding a lot of they're adding a lot of stuff into this that if you don't read between the lines, you're going to miss things. So the so the biggest thing that I have really loved about Viserys as a character in this, and once again, I get to do a rabbit trail now. <laughs> um, but one of the biggest things I loved about him as a character in this <clears throat> is his obsession with really the fall of Valyria. Right. And his obsession with the history of where the Valyrians were. Um, <clears throat> you know, you you had to point it out, you know, and you're you're not wrong about the multiple means of things because you had to point out what that line actually meant <coughs> in the first episode because in the first episode when he's telling Rhaenyra um about the dragons and ba- if I remember correctly, he said, I forget, I'm paraphrasing, but he said something to the effect of basically men should not have meddled with the with the these dragons affairs. caused the downfall of Valyria. Yeah, and I about gasped because because <laughs> the thing is, like, once again, I, I'm, I'm 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 gonna let you finish. Sorry. Sure. Yeah. No. No. no, no one no, of the things ahead, that you got you got to understand, Jake. You've read those books. Mm-hmm. You've read the first five. Mm-hmm. You know, you're reading through Fire and uh, Blood. Fire and Blood. You've mm-hmm. read World of Ice and Fire. Mm-hmm. All of them are just like, I don't have Valyria. I don't have Valyria. I don't know. It's crazy. Tyrion has that awesome moment with, um, um, Gora. with Gora where they're, you know, they're rowing through it. Of course, they run the Stone Man event mm-hmm. it runs everything. But, like, uh, they're rowing through it. And Tyrion's like, they were the most powerful people in the world until they weren't. Until they weren't. And, yeah. like, it's, it's just this really interesting moment. And no one's ever even offered any type of explanation mm-hmm. whatsoever. Um, so yeah, but th- yeah, I-, I about gasped when he said that. So I so knowing that and knowing that the, his mindset is that, which also leads into like like you said, Viserys does not ride a dragon. He rode Balerion the Black Dread for the last time before Balerion died. I think something like a month later, basically, mm-hmm. because he was that old, um, and that's the only time he ever rode, and. Honestly, I'm kind of I I really like the concept of he didn't. It wasn't so much he was just like I don't feel the need to ride or I don't have the desire to ride. It's I think it's more so I don't want anything to do with them because as strong as they've made us, I know that ultimately they could also be our downfall as well. And I think that's a really interesting concept because of that, and because of knowing that and knowing and that following scene is of course also when he tells Rhaenyra. Um, about the long night and the White Walkers coming, and uh, that every Targaryen king has learned about this as they have progressed on throughout the history. Knowing those two facts about Viserys has literally affected every single, pretty much every single line he has said in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so much so, I, I will admit there have been things that have skipped past me or gone over my head. You know, because like I said, I didn't, I didn't even catch that whenever he said it. Um, I think mainly because I was just like, oh, look, Balerion skull. It's, it's, it's so big. Look at that. Um, I will admit, I was that person. And I'm okay, it's impressive. No, it is impressive. And I'm okay admitting that. Um, you know, but... But you are... But you, you hit the nail on the head when you're like, you know, you every single line has multiple words to it. I mean, last night, when Alicent walks in and says, congratulations, stepdaughter, what a blessing this must be to you. And Emily Carey just 
has just the the venom just dripping from from her tongue, basically, as she's saying it. You know, um, but that line has a lot to it. You know, every basically every major of the four main characters, pretty much every single time that they speak, I think. In all honesty, Damon might be the most honest of the four of them, which is weird. Really, really weird. Um, because I think he's the one who says exactly what he thinks, what he, what he is thinking most of the time. Um, that might be an oversight on my part. Maybe maybe there are things you've noticed that I didn't, but that's just kind of where I was at with those. But you are, you are absolutely correct. You have to... They have done brilliantly with the dialogue in this show. Yeah, the, the dialogue is used... Uh, for world building, mm-hmm. you know they are um, showing and telling. Mm-hmm. You know there's all there's all this idea of like, you know, show don't tell. Um, well, no, show and tell. Mm-hmm. Okay, because words matter, and Game of Thrones, um, words matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Succession's another one. Words mm-hmm. matter. Ner- nerd writer you know, said that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but Game of Thrones, it's the same concept. Mm-hmm. So when so when he says, "I want dragons to rule for the next hundred years," what you should hear from that is like. I'm a little worried dragons won't rule for the next sure. hundred years. Yeah. Because that's where we're at. You know, we're at a place where, you know, this is, you know, the dragons are fearing, you know. And, you know, <laughs> to spoil alert, a book for, that's been out for now four years. Um, you know, this is, this, this sequence of events is the downfall, really, of the dragons mm-hmm. ruling, how, ruling Westeros. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is, this is why when you get to, what happens here is why when you get to Rhaegar uh, and the Mad King, why they're not they're not riding dragons mm-hmm. because they can't they, they lose that power. Um, something in something in their blood where it gets diluted, mm-hmm. you know, where they should have just been marrying brother sister the whole time or something. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know what kind of magic they got. But by the time you get to Rhaegar, it's done. Um, and of course, it restarts up with Daenerys, and you know, and then. Uh, you know, and then all that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it, but it's a th- there's a there's a lot to to uh, look into this. Uh, if you if you're a big fan of the Game of Thrones lore, uh, this show is just shoveling stuff at yeah. you. Um, so I do I do want to um, I do want to talk about some performances here. Um, so our show is really focused on four people. Um, with a couple on the peripheral. Our peripheral people are really Otto Hightower mm-hmm. uh, and Corlys Valerian, okay, who mm-hmm. have been, who are extremely important characters, uh, extremely important people in the movings and goings of King's Landing and the movings and goings of Westeros. But our four have been, from the beginning, Rhaenyra and Alicent, and then, of course, uh, Viserys and Daemon. Those are our four characters. Uh, so I want to start um, with with an obvious choice here with Damon um, because I had gone on some maybe not on record on the fan correspondence but I told you before that I thought Matt Smith was the wrong choice here mm-hmm. um, I just want to go on record and say that I don't know if I've ever been more wrong about anything <laughs> um, you know I failed two math classes at community college and I don't think any of those tests were more wrong than I was r- wrong about Matt Smith as Damon Targaryen. <laughs> he has been utterly perfect from start to finish here. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think he really had the, you know, uh, there's there's a lot of people, you know, like the idea of like being a warrior. I mean, anyone can, any anyone can pick up a sword and look cool with it. Doesn't matter who. Um, I wasn't worried about that. But the swagger 
of mm. you know and the ultimately knowing or having the having the concept of no matter what what I do I'm right in it um, I didn't know if he had that or not he's pulled that off in spades mm. so Jake I know you you were you were you thought Matt Smith was a good choice from the beginning what do you think I it was one of those situations where I was trusting the casting because Game of Thrones you know say what you will about Anything that happens in the last two seasons, I mean, the casting was never really an issue. Um, I can't really think of any one off the top of my head that Rickon. I would say. Rick and Stark. That's who you're going to... Rick and... All right, sure, yes. Rick and Stark. Yeah, we could, they could have got could've another got a, got a better, random little boy to, to say, come here, shaggy dog, and then yeah. not zigzag whenever yeah. someone's shooting an arrow at him. Right. Okay. Um, he also gets good. No, he won't. He gets oh, yeah, I, for, I, for, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. he... He does really just get like thirteen lines the entire but series. Let me tell you, he delivers them with gusto. He does. He, he does. So, no, so you know won't. what? No, they could not have gotten someone better for Rick and Stark. But anyways, since you're being ridiculous, uh, <laughs> they the casting for the show has never really been in doubt. When you get someone like Matt Smith, when you get someone who at that point that is your from an acting perspective, that is your Sean Bean, that is your Lena Headey, that is your Mark Addy, in the mm-hmm. sense of these are the this is the guy that you all will know whenever you're watching the show for the first time, um, because Matt Smith still looks because Re- like, Risa Fons has has, it, has put on a beard and like I know no one knows who he is, <laughs> no one knows who he is. Yeah. It's like is that the lizard? Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but with Matt Smith, you know. He hasn't put on a beard, so he still pretty much looks the same. He has some white hair. Um, the only thing that I was concerned about was this mentality of I will always see the Eleventh Doctor. I will always see, you know, uh, Vincent and the Doctor. I will always see, um, you know, fish sticks and custard. I will always see the the, the fez, you know, the bow tie. All these things that I will see from Matt Smith. I was worried that was always going to be in the back of my head. I would say within maybe the first two scenes, if not the first scene, all that went out the window, just just like you said. Um, because because you're, because you're right, you know. Like I I had assumed I was like okay. I mean he's he's going to be a good a- he's going to be a good actor. He's going to you know say the lines really well and probably give a good performance. But I didn't know if he would literally embody the character as much as he has. Um, his performance, in my opinion, is on par with anyone else that's in Game of Thrones so far. Um, he just he just nails it from beginning to end. Uh, so much so that the, I mean, arguably one of his best performances, is Episode Three, and he literally says two lines in the opening and then says nothing for the last twenty minutes. But everything that is on his face, just and his body, his body movements, everything about him tells you everything you need to know about where he is at and during that battle. Um, and then, of course, the scene of him dragging the carcass of the crab feeder and then he's mm-hmm. just covered in blood, you know, just... It, it's just... He just... He nails every single scene that he's in. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. But I mean, he, he nails stuff like that as well as... I think... <laughs> he's also kind of the worst person ever, but... Literally every part of him at Rhaenyra's wedding was just brilliant, because in because in that in that scene you have 
a man accuse him of killing his own wife. You have him kind of flirting with uh, with someone he might take to as a new wife, and then flirting with the one person that he absolutely wants as a new wife. Um, not even really flirting, because kind of being like, this isn't what you want, and you, I'm what you want anyways. Um, and he just he just nails every single thing about it. Just it's just I don't know. He he controlled that entire scene at least to me, and that's and that's impressive because when you're standing with all the other actors that are also giving Emmy worthy performances as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So the thing about about Damon, I had this argument is like you know is like Damon's the worst. Well, yes, okay. Um, but the thing about Damon is is that Damon's more complicated. Of a villain than we've really ever seen, because he's a villain. I mean, he mm-hmm. is. He sure. he really is. Um, but he's 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 more complicated than than Joffrey, or Ramsey, and Ramsey or, or yeah. and I would say even Tywin. Yeah. Um, because the thing about Damon is, is that Damon, Tywin doesn't believe what he's doing is for the good of the country. Everything's for House Lannister. Damon believes the things he's doing are for the good, for the most part. Um, we have this really weird scene right after um, right after um, uh, Viserys's wife and son die, mm-hmm. where he walks up to Rhaenyra and says, "You know, like you know, Rhaenyra, of course, is bitter. You know, he's like, he says, you know, I hope for the twenty minutes that my son or that my brother lived that my father found the happiness he can never find in me, and like, and Damon at that moment could very well." If he was this manipulative, like horrible person that people think he is, could have very well have gone into the. You're right. Let's side together. You know, mm. I will always be on your side. You should be the true queen. He could do that. But what does he say? He says, "No, your father needs you now." Okay, which is a weird moment. We also get another weird moment with, you know, like how he's dealing with the death of. You know, he seems genuinely mournful. About even though he's in a brothel, he seems genuinely mournful about how um, his sister-in-law has passed, you know, and all these tragedies are happening. And nephew, you know, Um, and of course they don't they 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 give us the scene, but they don't give us a scene, so we don't know what he actually says and Mm -hmm. how he said it. Um, So like I, I think that's important as well. You know, they're playing, they're making him as gray a character as possible. We see that with when he kills Rhea. Um, you know, it's like, it's like they play it as when he shows up there, he doesn't know what he's going to do. And I honestly believe that. I think a lot of this stuff of Damon is impulse, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, the whole the whole fight with the crab feeder is an impulse, right? Yeah. It's, I'm sending you help. The hell you are sending me help. Yeah. Okay, now I'm just going to go deal with this myself. I'm going to do what I should have done from the beginning. I'm going to let my dragon stay behind. I'm just going to chop all these guys down by myself, which is what he ends up doing. Completely stupid, totally impulse, but that's how Damon lives his life. And and I think that makes him interest, it, more interesting than because his impulses are not necessarily always evil. Mm. You know, they're not necessarily, you know, always even they're not necessarily even always for him. You know, they're just things that he does at that moment. Um and so like I, but what's interesting about him though, and like so like what's interesting about the show is I think they truly want you. They 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 pull they pull a flip on you, okay? Mm. Because whereas with Game of Thrones 
you had people you sided with. Um, you, you know, y'all you, you sided with Ed Stark, uh, Ned Stark. You sided with Jon Snow, sided with Tyrion, um, Sansa, Arya. You know, um, you, you know, you, you, there's people you sided with. Um, you know, and then there's various evil people. So with this one, you know, they could have gone really easy, and they could have been like, we're gonna create two sides, you know, and you're gonna side off a good one, and you're gonna hate the bad one, and then they give you two sides, and you don't really know who to side with. Mm-hmm. Because I was really like on Rhaenyra's side I at was. the beginning of this, yeah. and I'm kind of on, I'm kind of with Allison. I'm kind of with Allison exactly. Like, <laughs> like the reason is, is because. Rhaenyra, for all of her like, because like they, what they do is they, they show you Rhaenyra's a genius. Mm-hmm. You know, Rhaenyra's very smart. Uh, you know, and I and, and I, I want to shift to talk about her actress as Millie Al Alcock. Okay, this is the first one. So I want to talk about her for a second because she has a tough role because she's extremely intelligent, mm-hmm. very much overlooked. Okay, ha, you know, in the first two three episodes, she's basically a cupbearer. Yeah. Okay. She also is the only one. That is smart enough to see exactly what's going to happen on Dragonstone when Otto Hightower tries to go get that egg. Yep, she's the only one that's like, <laughs> you sent twenty people to go get the egg from from Daemon Targaryen, you know, which was a great scene, by the way. Mm. And we'll come back to that, but she's the only one smart enough to see that. At the same time, she's got all of Daemon's stupid impulse problems. She does because you know, like all the things she does that are that, in my opinion, are impulsive um, are really what sets in motion this uh, what Allison does. Um, and Allison's right to do what she does, I think, because you cannot trust Rhaenyra, in my opinion, because Rhaenyra's impulses are always going to get her in trouble and she's too stupid to see that her actions are going to have consequences. Mm. I mean, you know, she, she goes out with Damon. And like they try to, they try to frame that, and it is you know. But here's the thing: another thing they're they're very careful not to do right now. They've given us no concept of ages. They have not. This, and that's which very I don't good. Know, I don't know if that's smart or not. Because <laughs> like, well, here, here's why it's not smart. Okay, is because you know, like when 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 I'm watching Rhaenyra and Damon, so like the, that that was a female director. Mm. Okay, and she talks about the fact that like. Damon taking Rhaenyra into this brothel and like uh, you know like trying to uh, I don't know what he was trying to do I mean it, it, he, he attempts to try to have sex with her but I, but I don't know like I don't know what happens uh, if he just has if he just has a pang of conscience I don't know I, I, I have no clue all right I, I, I don't know how to read what Matt Smith is doing there mm-hmm. which is probably the accurate accurate sure, thing yeah. to take away but the the director afterwards and the behind the scenes was trying to paint it as like, well, this is abuse. Well, okay, yes, it is. But here's the problem, director. I don't know how old Rhaenyra is at this point. I don't know if that matters that much. But it does matter if Rhaenyra's playing a 15 year old or a 20 year old. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a there's a vast there's a vast difference there. Um, so if I do have a complaint, it's that one because that that's one of the things I don't know. I don't know where Rhaenyra's ages are at. Mm-hmm. You know, I know, and and it's even worse with with, with Alicent. You know, because like, you know, to an extent, when Rhaenyra gets angry at Alicent, you know, I get it. But also at the same time, I'm like, what the hell is she supposed to do, Rhaenyra? Mm. Like, you know, there's no like, turn down the king. Mm. You know, like you you know you can't do that. But Rhaenyra, the actress, as much as I'm frustrated with Rhaenyra, the character, 
the actress is the reason I'm frustrated with her because the actress plays it off so very well. Mm-hmm. Because you have these, you have this amazing moment where Rhaenyra has to defend herself against these allegations that she knows are fifteen percent true. Mm-hmm. Okay, but that's enough of a truth mm-hmm. that are fifteen percent true. And she has to defend herself, and she brilliantly, brilliantly turns it on to Otto turns it back on to Otto and outplays Otto as his own game. Yeah. Okay. That shows the skill of Rhaenyra and this actress's ability to have this like childlike stupidity but at the same time this just like otherworldly level of tactical genius mm. to show both those and to have it not be like this weird like savant thing. Mm. Brilliant. I don't know. What do you think? What? What do you? I, I've talked enough about Melody, but like, what do you? No, think? no, no. I, th- I think you're absolutely correct. I think the going forward, my biggest concern with the show, although I am certain that Emma Darcy and Olivia Cook are going to do a fantastic job, but one of my biggest concerns is we are about to have a show without Millie Alcock and Emily Carey right. as two of the main leads, who have been utterly fantastic these first five episodes. Um, no, I think. One of my favorite—I mean, one of my favorite scenes with Rhaenyra is when they're discussing. It's right before she picks Chris and Cole. I think they're discussing the stepstones, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. And no, they're discussing Dragonstone, mm-hmm. and they're because they're discussing, or they're about to discuss the egg, because mm-hmm. uh, they're about to have the announcement that Damon has stolen an egg, um, and. She says something to the effect of like how we could take Dragonstone by force, or like how we could march on it and basically force his his hand, pretty much. So, forgive me, I can't remember the exacts of it, but it's it's it is a genius move. And they kind of send her off to pick the new Kingsguard, and so she goes out, and she has this. Very intelligent seed where they are telling her about all these different. Well, let's talk real quick because oh. it is the stepstones. You had it right the first time. Oh, I did have it. Okay, excuse me. Okay, so it's the stepstones. Okay, excuse me. Um, well, yeah. Okay, yeah. Because they're they're battling and she, her, and her dragonstone like, her dragonstone thing is literally what egg did they take? Okay, I'm gonna go. Okay, ride I'm gonna go take care of it. Yeah, because yeah. it was for her brother. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it is the stepstones because she's like, why couldn't we send them help? You know, even just like a... She says something effectively, even just like this size of a force would be able to, to give them just enough to right. push it over. Um, but uh, but then they kind of push her to the side and they're like, why don't you just go pick the new King's Guard? And when they're showing her the new King's Guard and everything, of course, it's all these guys are just like, oh, we're hunters or we've taken down poachers, you know, stuff like that and everything. And she's, they're all tourney knights, as she says. She's like, which of you have actually had battle experience? Chris and Cole is the only one. That's why she picks Chris and Cole. That's a very intelligent scene because, and, it, and it's also it also builds once again on that dialogue with the world building of this is a world that has had peace for pretty much for the last like forty years or so. But I, I, we'll get more into that when we talk about Viserys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just I think I think she's genius. I I really do because every because everything about that. Could it be, is it played off because she just has interest in Kristen Cole because Kristen Cole is very clearly the, this stunning human being mm-hmm. um, or is it also she's like I actually want someone who can genuinely defend us right. or is it a little bit of both because like you said 
she is, she has that tactical genius as well as also having the impulse of a yeah. of a teenager, and I think I think she plays that off beautifully. Like like you said, I think this kind of piggybacking off of what you said really. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think the the Chris Cole thing, of course, uh, is is actually more frustrating now because sure. <laughs> of the general idea of like, well, you wouldn't be anywhere, Kristen, had you not been picked out, you know, by Rhaenyra. So like, you're horrible for no reason. And uh, you know that that there, there's just to me. Um, and we're gonna talk about Kristen. But well, we're gonna talk about Kristen. We're gonna talk about Kristen. <laughs> um, but but yeah, that impulse um, is what I think gets her in trouble. Whereas what's interesting about Allison, um, who is who I want to talk about next, is Emily Carey, right? Mm-hmm. Allison uh, instead is playing everything. She has no impulses of mm-hmm. her own whatsoever. There's nothing she does that is not extremely well thought out. Um, one of the things I do like about uh, about the about how Emily Carey plays her um, is this idea of moving from passivity into you know taking control, and you see this very very subtle movement from that from episode one to episode five. Mm. By the time you get to episode five, she's in complete control. But from episode one, of course, you know, she's this teenage girl who's biting her fingernails. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and uh, and it's really being used as a pawn. Um, and yet, at the same time, you know, when she is marrying to the king, um, she is smart enough in understanding what Viserys needs, which isn't really a bedmate, honestly, mm. um, although that is a thing. Uh, in what is a very weird and horrifying scene, it is. Uh, but but it's it's not really a bedmate. It's that you know there is absolutely no one within this world that is really kind to Viserys. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants something out of him. Everybody that's working with him, uh, with the exception of Lionel Strong, uh, mm-hmm. who's another peripheral character um, that uh, that I really like, and I like the fact that he's always the guy. This is rabbit hole, but I, I do like the fact that like there'll just be moments where Lionel will show up and be like. Hey, this is what you really need this to do. This is what you really need and to do. Yeah. You should have done this a long time ago. Yeah. And, and now I'm just going to go this way now. Right. You know, and uh, y'all. Everybody, know, everybody gets one. Yeah, everyone hope that works out <laughs> well for everybody. Um, but with, with, with Allison, everything is this um, really well thought out, uh, she has to be well thought out and well spoken um, through everything. She doesn't have the ability to be impulsive like Rhaenyra. And it shows the difference in upbringings because she doesn't have the she, she's not born into royalty. You know the high towers have basically scrapped and scraped for everything they had. Um, Otto, it's alluded to, uh, it's spoken more of in the book, but it's alluded to uh, by Viserys, like where he's like, "Hey, how did you come to power again when when Jaehaerys needed you?" Uh, he came to power because like he basically like snuck in there and killed a couple guys. Yeah. Uh, and basically, like, or well, not himself, but like, but basically, had a couple people put to death, and that's how he became hand of king. And so, everything he's done has been this very Godfather type movement um, towards gaining power. And if Allison coming into that, she has to have the same type of tactical acumen that he does. And so, it's been really interesting to watch Emily Carey play this and how she thinks things out. And her best scenes have been these moments where she lets that go a little bit. Probably one of the best scenes in the whole show so far 
Um, because Game of Thrones doesn't do a whole lot with religion, even though it's there and it's important. Um, but their religions are all horrible and useless. Yeah. So like, so they don't do a whole lot. It, it, it's hard. It's hard to have a functioning religion in a world where the only god might be a dude who is like this like shadow fire thing and that every once in a like, while hey, like burns people, burns you know? people for me, yeah. and I'll give you a demon that you're going to give birth to, and you know we'll see how that works out. So you when that's your when that's your when that's your god, uh, it's really you know when, when that's your when that's your actual god that has actual power on the earth. Um, you know, it's hard to really like have function your religion. So you don't hold to the seven, uh, and and then the seven are just kind of <laughs> the trees are nice. The trees know? are nice. You know, the trees are really nice. The, the, that's some weird ones. They're all crying blood. Which once again, Wait, no, those are the old gods. That, oh, that's the old gods. Yeah, those are okay. the old gods. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, the weirwood trees are are nice. So yeah. so so the old gods are nice. The old yeah, gods yeah, are nice. Yeah. They're all crying blood, which yeah. is kind of this weird Mary, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Mary kind of thing. But yeah. like, you know, very Catholic, very Catholic, and mm-hmm. the seven. I don't know what to compare the seven to. Are they? Are they? They're pro. Well, uh, um, uh, Jonathan Price is definitely an evangelist. Uh, evangelical. So there you go. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, so yeah. So there you go. So there's your there's your there's your religions. But anyway, uh, but there there's this really interesting scene where um, where uh, Allison does uh, have Renera come and pray with her um, at this. You know, I guess is it the mother that they're praying at? Yeah, they're praying at the altar of the mother. Yeah, mother. Yeah. And uh, at the mother. At the mother. At the, at Hello, the mother. Hello, mother. Hello, father. Sorry. Yeah. There <coughs> we go. And it comes out every now and then. Every once in a while. Yeah. Yes. So they're praying at the altar of the mother, and um, there's all these candles and everything. It's just really, really pretty scene. Um, and like you know, she kind of you know like <laughs> it's awesome because the tension there that we know and they don't know. Yeah. Is she's praying because she knows that she's about to marry her best friend's father, mm-hmm. and she's praying because she's still angry and very upset that her mother is gone. Okay, and there's the tension, <laughs> and like yeah. it's a genius scene, um, and both of these young actors played off very well. Um, Emily Carey, I think, has been has had the hardest role because she's she doesn't get the flashy parts, mm-hmm. you know. But she does a lot of her face. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's two scenes uh, in particular that stand out to me. One is very clever. One is horrifying. The one that stands out to me is when the nurses are cleaning his wounds and she orders them all to leave and she cleans the wounds for him. Mm. Um, that's a very ingratiating scene. Mm. Um, it's tactical, but also is an understanding of what Viserys needs. Um, which is that's that's what she that's what she grabs onto really quickly. Yeah. Um, the other scene that's absolutely horrifying is when uh, uh, she's having sex with the sex scene, yeah. and it's like just the worst. Yeah. And like, I don't know how old Emily Carey is in real life. I don't. I have no clue. I can't tell you. I don't want to know. Quite frankly, um, there I, there's no need for me to know that. <laughs> um, so. Um, but uh, she's fantastic, and both of those actors, I think, really deserve. Uh, hopefully, they get better roles for this. Uh, what you got? Anything to say about Emily Carey? Or? You covered a lot. Yeah. Um, but but uh, but no, you just piggybacking off what you said. I mean, you know, she's 
you know, kind of, kind of like you said, where she has a more subdued role, and, and because of that, that is a more difficult role to pull off, especially in the world of Game of Thrones, um, or House of the Dragon, whatever, whatever we want to call this, you know, the 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 Game of Thrones saga. Um, but you know, I think that there is there is an exceptional amount of power in the scenes for her in Episode Five. Um, where she is, once again, like you said, acting very deliberately, you know, not impulsive at all, thinking literally every single thing out. Because the very first thing is she has to confirm... Excuse me. The very first thing is that she has to confirm um, what she thinks about Rhaenyra and the things that she has done, and if Rhaenyra is actually dangerous. Yeah, but what's interesting is, that's so so funny about the meme you sent, is she thinks Rhaenyra? She still thinks Rhaenyra and Damon. Have Damon hooked up. have hooked up. That's yeah. what's great about that and scene. And then Krista Cole <laughs> does, like, does like, yeah, that no, 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 was me. That yeah, was me. It was me. And then, yeah. and then, and but but then she is equally just as upset because Rhaenyra lied to her basically, you know. And but but then, but but if fifty percent of truth, exactly, and, and that's and that's where the genius of this she show comes in. She never said you have sex with your king's guard. She she yeah. did it. She did she not. Never said that. But but I think that's where the genius of that rivalry and what we know is about to happen comes from, because like you said, technically she didn't lie. Technically she also didn't tell the truth, and Allison is hurt by that either way. And and I don't and I can't really blame Allison for anything for any anything that happens at, at least at this point. And once again, I haven't read the entirety of the story, so I'm sure there's going to be other things that are going to happen that eventually I'm going to be like, yeah, I don't agree with that. Um, but as of right now, up to, up to episode five, anything that Allison has really done, I haven't really disagreed with anything. Um, but the scenes of when she is discussing things with Kristen Cole, and like you said, she does a lot with her face. The moment where she realizes what has happened, and the moment where she is basically mentally deciding what's about to happen, is genius. Because then immediately, the next time you you don't see her again. Like the next time you see her for about twenty minutes of screen time, you do not see her. And the next time you do see her is when she arrives in that green dress and just basically blows the house down pretty much okay um and that's that's all you need literally that entire scene is everything you need to know about what's what's about to happen it takes a lot to have a better interest than damon it, it does exactly yeah <laughs> yeah you know uh and and that's the thing is she i was i'm glad that she that that emily carey was was allowed to have at least like one major scene where she is showing up literally every other person there um and that's that's just, I just think she's great, man. The genius of that scene, and the genius of both those characters, is a callback to the most underrated wise person in Game of Thrones, which is Cersei Lannister. Mm. And Cersei says, there's no place in the world that they don't hurt little girls. And the tragedy of all this is there's this undercurrent of, none of this would happen if we had just let these two girls be. None of this. Literally everything that's going that's going to happen here in a bit. Okay, all of it comes from the fact that you had two fathers that are manipulating their daughters to their own designs. Every bit of it comes from that. Mm. What's interesting, of course, about Alicent 
is the entire that the entire episode five the tension of episode five is is Otto right about Rhaenyra mm-hmm. because Otto says you have two choices either in, in order to stay and he doesn't say in order to stay alive I mean he might say in order to stay alive but he's like you got two choices you need to train Aegon to be the king prepare him to be the king or you have to cling to Rhaenyra and beg for mercy mm. okay and of course in her mind he's like I'll never beg Rhaenyra for mercy at all like whatever but when she finds out about Kristen that confirms to her not only the lying thing, because it's not really the lie, it's the impulse. It's the, okay, you cannot be trusted <laughs> to do what the right thing is. So, here's where Allison is, in my opinion. Let's say Rhaenyra is in charge, and one day Aegon randomly says, I should be king or something like that. Does Rhaenyra just chop Aegon's head off? Here's the thing. I don't know if she would or not. We're not that far, who knows? Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know, we're not that true. far yeah. removed. You know, yeah. because she's going to love her kids as much as Allison is hers. Sure. You know, so once again, you have this situation where these two friends are literally about to come to blows um, and tear the kingdom apart because of the fact that there's no place on the world where we don't hurt little girls, you know, and we cannot let them be, you know, and we sell them off to old men, you know, and, you know, that's, and, and, we don't let them have their sexual awakenings or whatever, you know. Like I mean, like th- th- these are these are all the uh, these are all the undercurrent things that sure. are happening here. Yeah, um, you know. And so, so yeah, I, they they play it well, and I'm like you, yeah, I'm gonna miss them. Yeah, I've talked a lot, so here's what I'm gonna do. Okay. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna restrain myself. Do I get to talk, about, talk about King Viserys? Okay. Um, here's all we'll say. If there's one person who needs an Emmy in this show, it's Patty Considine. Yeah, I yeah I I. I did not think that he was going to be my pro- arguably my favorite actor of the first five episodes. Yeah. Um, particularly when, you know, like I said, I know what Damon's going to have to do. Knowing where they're starting Damon's character, I'm like, okay, we're going to get the episodes. This is going to be really cool. And knowing that, like, Rhaenyra and Allison are also really interesting characters. Viserys in this, in my opinion, almost gets the Rob Stark treatment. Um, in the sense of, in the books, you don't you you know who he is, you know what he does, and everything, and you're like, okay, that that's Rob Stark, that's okay. In the books, you have to see it through like John and Sansa and Catelyn, whereas in the show, you know everything about Rob, you know who Rob is, you know how he thinks, which makes the Red Wedding that much more effective. It's one of the it's one of the moments where I would definitely say the show is better than the books in yeah. that sense. Um, with this, you have the exact same thing with, with Viserys. Um, in the sense of that, in the books, you get... You basically get, you know... Almost like the um, uh, like the short, sweet version of the North Avenue Regulars sermon. Which is a great poll for anyone listening to this. But, but of like, you know, where you basically just get... Viserys was a good king. Nothing really bad happened. Uh, he struggled with Damon and struggled with keeping uh, people together. Um, and then he just kind of died, and then everything exploded because he chose Rhaenyra, and then everything explodes from those kinds of issues. With this, though, like I said, with adding this fear of what Valyria was, fear of what the Targaryen dynasty of the Dar- Targaryen dynasty falling, um, and then when you think he's done having one of the best scenes in the show with our boy Lionel Strong again. Of you know, 
they don't sing they don't sing about you know the the great peace times you know hundreds of years from now I'm once again I'm paraphrasing yeah but, you know. I thought that I thought that that scene was a genius aspect of the show because of what you said for anyone that's read the books Viserys is a background character he is and here he is bemoaning the fact that yeah I'll be a background character yeah and and that's that's the thing because so they start the the show starts off of course with the ending of Jaehaerys's reign where he has to choose a successor because all of his sons die. Um, and but he doesn't choose. And he doesn't choose. Yeah, exactly. Um, and which, in in hindsight, if he had chosen, I feel like literally this story wouldn't happen. Actually, now, but the last thirty years or so of Jaehaerys's reign, and then the really the twenty or so years that Viserys reigns peacetime pretty much like the stepstones is, is the craziest part is the craziest like battle that actually Which isn't technically in westeros yeah exactly and so the thing is is he is a peacetime king and in my opinion because of that i think there's something very important about the fact that there's never a point where he at least in this show feels like he is in control because he is terrified of something on the horizon because he knows about the long night. And I don't think he. I don't think he actually thinks the long night's going to happen while he's still alive. But I do think that he is terrified of this idea of war breaking out amongst, or the peacetime ending. You know, and of course, of course, the unfortunate thing is, but well, I don't know what. Real quick, I don't know what he thinks about the long night because here's the other thing: he's got that dagger. That has yeah. the the Mordor the, inscription on it. The prophecy you know. of the Song of Ice and Fire. Right, yes. exactly. That has the, the Song of Ice and Fire prophecy on it. Um, which, by the way, makes no sense in the context of the show because that prophecy never comes true. Um, because that, if, if it did, that prophecy would say, and there's going to be a, uh, a little boy who has no personality who's going to become king and solve everything. And that's not what that prophecy says. Um, but anyway, anyway, neither here nor there. Um, but like he has that dagger, which I don't know. He might think the long night's just right around the corner. It's true because like he's carrying so many times. One of the things you, you go back and you watch what what old Patty does. Uh, how many times he grips that dagger because it's on him all the time, and he's always fooling with it or whatever. He's always you know because it's always there because it's the prophecy carries on his back. You know, mm. and like one of the things that like that one that. of the failures, one of the failures of Rhaenyra is if Rhaenyra is as mature as she thinks she is, the moment she hears that prophecy, there's no way in hell she should be like, I think tonight's a good night to see what Kristen Cole's got going on. Okay, like that's not <laughs> how that should work. You know, and so like so, but anyway, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting away from myself, getting more in lore. But, that, but I'm just saying like, You're not I don't though. know, I don't know if he does know. You know, sure. I mean, the way he talks of it, it's a thing that could happen right around the corner. That's true. You know, and I see you're you're right, but I, the more I think about it, you know, you're right about that dagger. But I never even thought about it like that. But that's another reason that this show is fantastic. Is like I I plan on watching the entire thing again yeah. just to pick up on small things like that. Um, but that's what makes his character so interesting is that he's almost like I talked a bit about this during our Lord of the Rings uh, podcast when we did the 20th anniversary of Lord of the Rings where I talked about how much I lo- I've grown to love Theoden as a character Viserys reminds me a lot of Theoden in that sense of he is 
during a time where his house is failing. He doesn't really know what to do about it. But whereas Theoden is basically like, I'm going to go out swinging pretty much, you know, for lack of a better term. Um, and also really summarizing a, a gross understatement of his character, really. But with Viserys, it is... I am fading away because the throne is literally killing me, basically. Yeah. Um, and that's just... I, I don't know. He, he, Everything about Patty Constantine in this role, he portrays it perfectly uh, from beginning to end. Uh, there has not been a moment where he has been on screen where I was not... I was not happy that he was on screen, at least in the sense of watching him perform. Obviously, the there are scenes where I'm like, I, I, I kind of wish Viserys had done that, or the, this horrible thing is happening, you know. But I don't. I mean, it, I don't know what decision other than Alicent he's made that I disagree with. Uh, to an extent, I would have been like, yeah, uh, let's let's let. Hey, Cor- Corlys Valerian thinks he's the strongest, you know, thing on this planet. Let's let him find out. You know, mm. Damon thinks he can conquer the world. Let's let him find out. You know, I don't disagree with that. But what's inter- the thing about Viser- Viserys that's tragic to me, and you hit the nail on the head of Theoden, is that you know Theoden gets to go out swinging. Mm. There's a tragedy to a king that doesn't get to go out swinging. Sure, um, and it's not even like in a Robert kind of way. It's it's the it, it's I'm I'm being serious. Like it's like. It's not even that kind of way. It's like he can't go out swinging. There are no enemies there's for nothing, him to there's fight. There's nothing to swing. Yeah, you know. So like, literally, the enemies he has, you are my political headache. You yeah. know. I mean, his enemies are all these people that are supposedly on his side, mm. that are just doing their own machinations, including his own daughter and his own wife. Sure. Um. What do you do about that? You yeah. know. When there when there is no war, you know what do you do? There's this really interesting, uh, you know me, I always got to bring things back to the Bible. There's this really mm-hmm. interesting part in David's storyline, and when he's when he's about to do all, start all the horrible crap that he's about to start with Bathsheba, which is very similar. I'll, I'll, I'd love to sit George R. R. Martin down and be like, hey, you know, like you're always going like, I took this from the Russian, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah, BS, okay? How much is you taking from the Bible? Because <laughs> David, real quick aside, David, when he marries Bathsheba, everybody always looks at all that as just like the horror of what happens there. But David also creates a succession crisis um, because he names Bathsheba's fourth son as the one that's going to take over, Solomon. Um, and so, like, all this stuff, there's like this really horrific, like, Godfather style. Uh, thing at the end of Second uh, Samuel at the beginning of First Kings about the succession that only happens because David, in the time and this is how the Bible describes it, in the time when kings go off to war, David was in his house. And there's a very similar thing to talk about with Viserys here. You know, kings in this era, all and all of them before, and really all of them after, with the exception of Balin, who's once again not a Targaryen. All of them before, and all of them... I know he's Balin Targaryen, but he's not a Targaryen. Baylor. Baylor, I'm sorry. Okay. Balin is a... Balin's a dwarf, isn't he? Yeah. No, no, no. no. There is a Balon Targaryen. Okay. That's, it's a, it was Viserys' son, and then also it was Jaehaerys' son. Okay. Right. Uh, so okay. there is a Balin. Okay. But Baylor the Blessed okay. is who you're talking about. I'm sorry. About. I'm talking about okay. Baylor. Okay. And you're like, he's not even a Targaryen. Well, he's not. He... It, he's not. Okay. The, uh, he gives up being a Targaryen. He's like... he's. 
He's not a Targaryen, Jake. Like, there's well, no he's other still way around te- it. He still has the bloodline of the Targaryens. I mean, sure. You know, he also starves himself to death because he's like, it's what the gods told me to do. You know, he's not a he's not a good he's not a good king by any by any I mean, measure. No, no, you're not wrong. But what I'm saying is like, but but I, but uh, you look at the Targaryens. They all have their wars to fight. They all have their things. Sure. If they don't have their wars to fight, they're like, I'm gonna go to the cruel and just like I'm just gonna fight something. You know, uh, Viserys doesn't have that, mm-hmm. and so he's stuck in this middle of this you know, of this, and he just he just makes things worse by the fact that idle hands. You know, like I don't you know I don't have a wife now, so uh-huh. I guess. I guess I'll marry the sixteen-year-old. You know, like just horrible, horrible ideas all the way through because he has no battles to fight. You know, and his only battle to fight is I don't have an heir, and <laughs> everyone around me that loves me is really just around me because they they want something they want out something of me. from me. Yeah, and that that's the that's <laughs> that is, that is the the tell of of Patty Considine's uh, Viserys. Uh, best Viserys scene so far. Go. I can think of like six that would be. In the I was running. about to say like I. Okay, for its subtlety, and for what it ultimately means as a whole, and the fact that it goes to show it solidifies that no matter what he does, he is always going to something's going to go wrong for him no matter what he does. Uh, the stag, yeah, or, or that's the, my favorite the, the, scene. the stag scene, because every everything about like, because it's it's awkward, it's weird, it doesn't really work, and he it also do he it. doesn't want to do it, and but also he has to do it. but he has to do it, and also it is the it is also a complete one eighty from like Robert, right? And and, and what we've already seen because you know Robert, you know, say what you will about Robert being absolutely insane, and obviously he gets killed because of it. But you know, he's a warrior. He's a warrior, and he's yeah. like, I'm gonna go kill this boar. You know, he's a horrible he's human being. He's, he's a horrible he's human a, being. He's the inverse of Viserys. Yes, he's not a warrior, but is a, a genuinely a decent person. person. Yeah, or attempts to be. Yes, you know. Um, yeah, no, he's a decent person. I, I think say, he's a decent yeah. person. Look, he, Emma's he even, the only he even issue, admits Allison was like, "Yeah, that was that was good, Otto. Good job. Yeah, smart, <laughs> smart. I see what you did there. You know, like he even admits that he was fooled. Like mm. he knows. Like he knows now. Mm. You know, I mean, that's a moment of weakness, man. Like, I, I, look, once again, I'm not. I'm <laughs> here. I am. You know, on the fam correspondence defending. You know, a fifty-six year old man. Marrying a sixteen-year-old, but like, here's the, here's the thing about that though. Okay, is that once again, you're you're throwing you're you're throwing someone into a situation when they are literally at their weakest because he feels ultimately guilty because he had to make a choice that there was no other choice to there was make. No other choice, yeah. Okay, the only the only choice I would have made, I would have knocked her out or something because that was horrifying. Yeah. Um, but like, there's no other choice to make on that. Mm. Um, he and he he feels guilty for doing it. Okay, he loses everything because of it. You know, um, and he he's having all these problems with Nera, you know, and everything. He's literally at his lowest moment, you know. And here comes a sixteen-year-old who's nice to him, you know. And like that 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 was the genius part of that is like I truly don't believe he was like hubba hubba, you know. I truly yeah, think no, it was no. it was literally a she has been extremely nice. Well, to I mean, me. I mean the first I mean the first time you see them is. Uh, He's basically talking to her about Valyria, and he's yeah. talking to her because he, he has that massive. And no one uh, else will listen to him about Valyria. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. like you know, like that is that is oh, a uh, scene. That's he, a scene. He breaks the dragon, and he, he gets he, a stone he, mason he gets to, stone to fix, fix it. it. Yeah, 
And like the thing, what I love about that, there's just like random TikTok where it's like, where uh, the, uh, the the woman's like, <laughs> like they might not be mansplained. They just might be really excited to tell you about something. And I was like, that was that moment. You know, that whole thing was that moment because it's like, oh my lord. So what I have here about Illyria? I have spent 20 years <laughs> building this, this, amazing, this amazing thing of Illyria. And no one will talk to me about it. Okay? You know? Like, I mean, that there's something like, once again... It's horrific having a 16-year-old marry someone that old. yes. But there's something, like, about that. Once again, that goes back to who Allison is as a person, how he's the only only person that gets that. Sure. Think about that. Think, 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 I mean, Otto here, Otto goes and is like, the way I'm going to get Viserys' side of me is I'm going to tell him that his daughter had sex with his brother. And he literally thinks that's going to work. And Allison is like, I'm going to listen to you talk about Valeria for three hours. Yeah. You know, and which one works? I mean, that's, that is the genius of 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 those characters. Mm. Um, but no, I, to me, I agree. It's the stag. It's, it's the stag. Yeah. <laughs> somebody, somebody watched uh, Michael Scott go, yeah, I've been hunting. Shot the deer in the shot deer in the leg. Had to kill a shovel. shovel. Yeah. Took about three hours. Wow. Yeah. You know, somebody watched that and was like, that's a perfect what because that was a perfect way to examine Michael. But somebody watched it said that'd be a perfect way to examine Viserys. That's too. true, yeah. Because he's in a moment that he doesn't want to be. Yep. Which is his which is everything about his life. Mm-hmm. He has to make a good, strong choice. And even though he has at that point, like remember, like he does that. But after that's when he's like, I thought about supplanting you, Renair. It was a moment of weakness. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. So you got that representation of uh, you hit it, but you didn't kill it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, like once again, you're right. It's just awkward, you know. Well, plus because it's also just, it's not the right one. Oh, oh, and also yeah, that? it's yeah. not the right stack. It's not the right stack. So we're just randomly killing, you know, a random ass random stack. Yeah. yeah. They uh, call it something else, but it's it's a stag. It, 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 it's it's really not the White Heart stag. The White Heart stag shows up and that, uh, that's that's uh, it. Yeah, yeah. And like, and Kristen's about to kill it. Because and that's, that's all he knows how to do, you know. <laughs> and so like, yeah, you know, it's like, oh look, look a look a stag, you know. Let me just go kill this thing. <laughs> Meanwhile, the boar runs. Uh, that was the dumbest scene. One of the things, like, you're trying to you're you're trying to play me on Kristen, okay? The boar gets two shots on Rhaenyra before Kristen does anything, you know. Before and Rhaenyra Kristen, kills it, and Rhaenyra's the one that ends up killing it. Yeah, you know. Like, I, anyway, but anyway, whatever. Uh, I, I'm, I, I'm not gonna deal with that. Uh, yeah. we, we're, we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a real quick five minute. We hate Kristen <laughs> thing here in a second. Um, but the, uh, but no, that, that that was the that was the best scene. You know, because yeah. it, 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 you're right. It's, it's he doesn't want to do it. It's awkward. You know, he hit. It's the wrong one. Mm. Um, you know, which has all types of symbolism right there to begin yeah. with. Because maybe Renier doesn't. I don't know. I don't know if Rhaenyra is going to be would be a good queen or not. Well, know? also, okay. So I mean, right before that is when he is drunk off his ass and is that was the other one I was going to the other scene in front of the fire, in front of the fire. Yeah, you know, and he's which once again we go to symbolism. Okay, fire dragons. You know, like you have him right in front of the fire pit talking to Allison of like I don't even know if I should have married you yeah. like I don't even know if I made the right choice and he's just going off about like I don't know if anything I've done in my life has been the right thing you know yeah. um, and I, I don't know There, there's something to be said about that especially for for not only just for kings but also for I mean 
not to get, you know, like, pol too political, but, like, look at the last, like, 20 years of how a lot of us have lived our lives. I mean, I'm, I'm, I... I can guarantee you, if I if I ask you know ten people, do you have regrets over the last five years? They would say yes, but most of those people who have regrets didn't have an entire country weighing on the back of their shoulders, you know. And I, I, I don't know. That's everything about his character is just perfect, in my opinion. And everything yeah. everything that he has done as an actor has been perfect. I'm already really sad. Yeah, I, I, I am too. Yeah. I mean, spoiler alert, we're going to lose the series. But, but, I mean, if you don't see that coming, I yeah. mean, that's... I don't know what to do for you, man. Um, they but, basically yeah. turned him into the Game of Thrones version of the fly from, uh, <laughs> you know, Jeff Goldblum. Because it's like every single time I go, like, oh, he's missing two happening. fingers. Yeah. Oh, his entire arm is gangrene. Like, yeah. what, you know, and you're going to leak... Who leaked his gangrene? <laughs> that, that, that was their, like, weird, like, uh, sir, I've got some, like, herbs... You know, Maybe that we might be able to. No, we're going to some leeches on the gangrene. You know, like it, uh, okay. Which know. if I record that's okay. Another thing that's just kind of a nerd nerd thing from the book. Um, that maester, I can't remember his name, but when he takes over, like Jaharis hates him because he serves Jaharis, he serves Viserys, and Jaharis cannot stand him <laughs> because he loved the because the hand the. Uh, Maester before him was actually the hand of the king. Even. Yeah, uh, that's how much he loved him. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Viserys or uh, Jaehaerys hated him, and uh, Viserys doesn't really talk. They don't really talk too much about like Viserys hated him, but it's you know it's very clear in this show. You know, it's not he's not the best. There's there's something about George R. R. Martin where he just has had some pretty bad experiences with doctors. I think <laughs> and I don't I don't know what it is. I don't I don't, know, I don't know what it is. But like there are very few maesters that like like actually like it's like Sam and you're right that one guy for Harris and that's about it. Amen. All the other maesters. Amon does good. Maester Eamon does good stuff. Yeah. You could also... You can make the claim, though, that Maester Eamon becoming a maester is the whole reason <laughs> the, the entire the entire Targaryen rebellion happens, okay? <laughs> so you can, you can, yeah, you're right. He's, you can that he's, a, he's a decent person, but uh, Mad King, I don't know. And then uh, Maester... Um, is it Lewin? The one for Winterfell. Maester Lewin, yeah. yeah Maester Ma 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 yeah. is wonderful. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, but he's... Yeah, I mean... He's a maester, but he's also like, yeah, okay, but yeah, you're right. He's also just like the best person ever. He's a, I yeah. love Maester yeah. Lou. I love that guy. He was so great. Yeah. R.I.P. Maester Lou. Pull one out for a real one. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> he did. He did. He, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, real quick. Five minutes. Hating on Chris and Cole. Go. Okay. Um, so Chris and Cole is the. Um, Imagine Ned Stark, but worse, um, because you have his. Right. You start off with you know, oh, he's very honorable. He's very you know, sure. dutiful. Yeah. He's going to do the right thing, yeah. and then he's just worse because like with Ned, at least like every decision that he makes is he actually thinks he's being honorable. He thinks yeah. he's doing the best thing he can yeah. With, yeah. with you know to 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 the best of his ability. Sure, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, he makes stupid decisions because yeah. of it, but. I would go honorably kill a Sansa's puppy. You know, um, I would go do that. Yeah, you know? yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. This is this is a foretelling what's going to happen at King's Landing. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. Um, but Kristen Cole, on the other hand, is just the worst, just to be the worst. Like I, I, the moment he, the moment he breaks his oath uh, by having Rhaenyra, like, pretty much literally throw herself at her, yeah. at him, you know, and then I mean, you know, it's, he's, he's a man, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, my, 
I might as well, you know. Um, he well, he does. In fairness, he he strongly resists by saying "Give me my helmet" very softly. He does say "Give me my helmet" yeah, very was, softly. There was some he real, does. but but there's real also strong resistance. There, there is some real strong Just resistance. Like, there's that one time where he was like, "Hey, hey, give me my helmet, give me back. My helmet back," and then he was like, "Nope." You know? and, and then he's then, like, he's like, "Nope," but he's like, "Well." I guess I'm just going to take my armor off now. <laughs> yeah. uh, there, so there was some, you know, we didn't really have much of a choice there. Sure, you know, sure. Basically, yeah. basically getting sexually assaulted by the hundred pound, yeah. you know, apprentice thing. Yep, exactly. You know, you know he just so, he had he had no shot. You know, yeah. but anyways, yeah. So he's the worst there, um, and then he makes everything about that situation worse. He asks Rhaenyra, like, "Hey, do you want to leave behind everything and come live with me in like Essos?" Which, you know. Asking a random person, like someone who would be like the Lord of Casterly Rock or like the Lord of Winterfell or something, that's still kind of heavy, but you know, sure. Asking someone who's literally about to be the queen of the entire country to do that, like... What's interesting about this, you know, is, that I love about that question, is that this is the equivalent of being like, hey, you want to live in Sodom and Gomorrah for a bit? <laughs> That's the other thing, yeah. Essos is not great. Essos like, is not great at all. It is a it is a might makes right situation. Yeah. Especially so all the these free, times. Yeah. All of the free cities are just really code for a whole cities. Let's be honest with ourselves here. You know, every one of them is like that. Um, so like I don't you know you know, I, I yeah, but like but it, no, it's worse listen. The worst part of that entire thing was I had my white cloak and you took that from me. And I just want to, I just want, I just want Renier to be like, I'm sorry. Did you trip? Like what? Like what are you talking about? I took that from you. You know, like this. It takes two to tango here, Mister. Sure. Yeah. You know. But then there's also this. Okay. This is why Harwin Strong is going to end up being one of my favorite characters. <laughs> here's the situation. Here's the situation Kristen's about to find himself in. He is going to be. The one issue with being a Kingsguard is what, Jake? If we can be R-rated here. What is the one issue of being a Kingsguard? They can't have sex. Right, exactly. Okay. But other than that, they're the most famous knights in the land. Sure. The one issue that anyone would have of being a Kingsguard is about to be totally negated for him. That is literally what Rhaenyra is saying. Okay. All right. She is basically saying, like, look, here's the deal. Okay. Lenor is going to do his thing. I'm going to do my thing. Together, we're going to do what we have to do for the realm. Okay, all right. Sure. But marriages are a political agreement. Yeah. All right. To pretend they're anything other in this world is just stupid. All right. So he's going to do his thing. I'm going to do my thing. Okay. He he says that to Kristen Cole. He says that to Kristen Cole. For whatever reason, Kristen Cole looks at this and goes, "This is the worst thing that could possibly happen to me." <laughs> And I don't understand how that is. You explain that to me. You're going to be the most famous knight in the land, okay? And then then the girl that everyone is dreaming about at this point, she's yours. So, like, I don't understand the situation here. It, it's, it's one of those things where, like, the, the honor of... The, the, the weird honor packs of Game of Thrones. Uh-huh. Like, because... Because here's the thing. You, you, I know everybody's listening and going, Josh, you know, you're a religious person. Yes, I very much am. You know who isn't? Kristen Cole. <laughs> Kristen Cole is not. We've seen nothing about his morality that would tell us that, like, he's, like, some, like, you know, because you could say, you could, you could then go, you, you could go, okay? If they had never had sex, if they had never done that, you could be like, Kristen is holding to his oath. 
But that ship has sailed, my friend. Okay, you cannot close the barn door after all the cows have gone out and be like, "I'm still a farmer." All sure. right, you yes. can't do that. All right. So what I'm telling you is that Christian basically looks at the best possible situation for him, mm-hmm. and it's like, no, instead I choose violence, literally, literally. Okay, <laughs> because the end, because then at the end of the wedding, at the at the, at the end of the wedding, the guy shows up, the Lenore's paramour shows uh-huh. up, and is basically like, there might have been a subtle bit of a threat there, but essentially what he was saying was like, hey, look, I just want you to know. We're in this together. We all got our secrets to keep. Yeah. You know, um, you know, you keep your secret well, I'll keep my secret well because we both love them. Okay? Yeah. That's basically what he says. What he doesn't understand is Kristen doesn't love Renair anymore. And so that gets his head literally beaten in. Yeah. You know? Uh, he, Kristen Cole is the worst. And what bothers me is there's going to be, like, people that are going to be Kristen Cole stands, and I'm already angry about it. I'm already <laughs> mad about it. Because Kristen Cole is the literal worst person in this show. Okay? He has everything he could want. Everything everything a Game of Thrones character could want is presented to him on a platter. And he's just like, nope, I'm going to kick that platter because I can't go to Essos and live in one of the a-hole cities. Okay? You know, as a poor... What, 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 what's really, what's gonna be a, is he going to be a mercenary in Essos? It's like, like what, you're talking about not thinking things through. It's true, yeah. You know? Like, what did he... Literally, what did he think was going to happen here? Like, like, like here, here's the thing. I mean, once again, going... From a lore perspective, at this point, going to Essos is considered going into exile. Right. Like, it is considered leaving, like, your civilized nation and yeah. going to a place where... Exactly. You could literally... You you might die within your, like, ten years yeah. of exile, you know? Oh, I... Uh, and, and here's the thing. If, if you're on the Kristen Cole hate bandwagon, it's only going to get worse, okay? Kristen Cole is the, is the worst character. He is just the worst... And like you might be an Allison fan and be like, be like I'm a fan of Allison. You're like Allison and Kristen. Okay, I'm okay with that. No, he's still the worst. He still screws things up for Allison too. So like he's just he's just stupid and dumb, you know. And like he's like he, he's like a himbo but not fun, you know. Uh, is essentially what he is. Uh, that, and so like that's, that's the worst kind of himbo. Exactly. <laughs> and so like ah, uh, I just I'm done with uh, done with uh, Kristen Cole. I, was, I knew I was gonna be annoyed from from the beginning. Because, like, in the books, they have that whole thing where it's like... And then something happened between him and Rhaenyra, and he yeah. just didn't like Rhaenyra anymore. And so you're like, well, that's kind of weird. And then when I found out what the thing that happened was, it made me dislike him even more. Yeah. So, like, you know, no, I'm, I'm you know, uh, not not a Kristen Cole fan. Yeah, you know? same. Yeah. No, I'm not either. So, you know... I, I am not a Kristen Cole stan. Yeah. You know. Um, well, let another great actor, though. He's doing a great, actor, he's doing a great yeah. job, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, we can't... It's it's kind of like uh, how how Jack Gleason uh, was a great actor as Joffrey and uh, Iwan Rion was a great actor as Ramsay. Right. You know, but uh, yeah, can't can't really stand old Kristen Cole here. So but, uh, um, yeah. I do, uh, you know, as as we as we wind down here. Sure. Let's wind down. Um, next five next five episodes. You haven't. You're you're at the part. You're really kind of caught up where you've read. I basically um, am. Yeah. So, do you have an idea of where they're cutting things off? I don't really have an idea. Yeah. Um. I so here's 
So here's some things I'll be interested. Because season see. two has already been announced, by the way. If anyone has missed that, oh, uh, um, yeah, I, I yeah. would, I would hope so. <laughs> I, I'm assuming, I'm assuming four seasons is probably what we're getting. You think so? Really? Well, no, my, that'd be my guess. Okay, because you do have, you got to understand, you've got, you've got several things that are about to happen. Um, because even before this season should not end with open war. Okay, and actually, I'm kind of beginning to wonder if you think he's going to last two more episodes. The season should probably end with Viserys dying. Viserys' death, gotcha. Because, because um, I did, I looked, I looked up some things. Here's some stuff I'm intrigued about. The, I'm very intrigued to see who, who, how the actor plays Aemon, um, Aemon Targaryen. So there's okay. three, there's three people for, uh, there's three babies born, Allison. There's three babies born to Rhaenyra, mm-hmm. and they hate each other. They do, yes. Um, and so um, I am intrigued to see the how those three. Um, Aegon, of course, okay. Aegon's kind of um, he's kind of there. Aemon is the guy who really ends up starting everything. Sure. Um, so I'm intrigued to see what happens there. Um, and I want to see how they how they deal with that kind of rivalry among the children. I also want to see how they deal with Viserys because Viserys kind of stokes this. You're not really there yet, but like um, a lot of that stuff that happened with Vagar, that is Vagar the dragon. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of that stuff is Viserys' fault um, mm-hmm. because he makes a few statements they probably shouldn't make. Sure. Um, I want to see more Harwin Strong. Um, Harwin Naturally. Strong is. Is is what Kristen Cole should have been in the in the books. So I want to see. I do want to see more of him. See how that plays out. Um, of course, here's the thing. You know, once again, we could be totally wrong. You know, they. Want, I, I just want to see how that plays out because that was just the rumor in the books. But in the show, could be completely different. Who knows? Um, so we'll see. Um, but uh, I, I, going forward. Uh, Aemon Targaryen is the is the guy I want to see. Like who do they have playing him because he's he's interesting. What about you? I mean, that's really. I mean, like like you had said from from the moments to where I was caught up, the scene you're talking about, which we don't want to spoil for people who have not read the book, um, but the scene you're talking about is what is what I'm interested in seeing. Yeah. Um, because that's the next big moment. Um, but yeah, I mean just. I also want to see more of the lords because all of them are way more important than what we've seen so far. Boromir Baratheon um, is very important. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, and he's at the coronation, right? So he's at the coronation, but he's also so his son is the one that the Blackwood boy kills at uh, Rhaenyra's right, courting. Yeah. Okay, yeah, um, and he's sitting right next to Rhaenyra. Um. He's the one telling her, like, of these different people. Are you sure it's his son, then? Yeah. Because he doesn't really react to it. (laughs) No, he does. He walks He runs over to him. Oh, okay. Uh, But, oh, yeah, it's Borman Baratheon is right here, and I can't remember his son's name. Is is his son Bracken? Bracken Baratheon? I don't know. Doesn't matter. Uh, Yeah, he's dead now. Yeah, exactly. Um, But, yeah, the... that's That's all I remember. I just... But 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 you are right because the Baratheons are, the Baratheons and the Targaryens are very very intertwined uh, the first you know hundred years or so, um, but yeah, you are you are correct. I'd love to see more of the lords definitely. 
yeah I, I think those are the uh, the ones that end up being important I think that that'll be intriguing um, I don't remember the Starks getting all that involved in this I don't I think mean, they really most do. of the Starks were just like I'm gonna stay up in the north we'll be fine yeah, yeah. you know but I, I don't remember them getting involved that much in this um, I mean, the, one of them is at the coronation I know that yeah because that was one of the so subtle details uh I never noticed this, I, but I wanted to watch and I saw a, someone did a picture of it. Her necklace and her crown, when she's at the coronation, um, her headdress at, at the coronation, has each of the main seven symbols of the, the Tullys, the Starks, the Martells, uh, Lannisters, Targaryens. Like each, each sigil is on there. So it's really, really cool. Once again, something that like no one noticed unless they were like pausing it, but it's probably something that. Some set designer, or costume designer, houses, yeah. was was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna nail this. This is gonna be the best thing that we've ever done on this show, right. you know. And it's just once again, like you talk about that that budget of being like, look, if we could do really cool stuff like that, let's do it, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's pretty neat. But yeah, I uh, I'm I'm intrigued to see see where it goes. But yeah, I do think I do think our ending is probably uh, Viserys dying. Uh, I think that's the natural. It didn't look like he was going to make it much longer. That's kind of well, that's kind of how was that? No, he's but. got he's got at least he's got at least three more important things to do. Sure, yeah. Um, and I'm just kind of thinking like the natural end result, or maybe he'll die at the end of nine, and we'll have the we can we can have That'll nine be the, be the be that penultimate episode uh, again. Yeah. You know, um, kicking it old school, exactly yeah, style. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, anything else you want to say about the season? I do want to see more dragons, and I know I'm going to, and I'm okay with oh, that. Oh, yeah, you're going to you all see some dragons. Because I've loved the ones I've seen so far. Yeah. Um, I forgot Lanor Valarian was a dragon rider. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember who takes his dragon, but uh, I'm excited to see that. Yeah. Um, or maybe I'm not. I don't know. Who knows who takes it? Um, but... Uh, but yeah, yeah, I was I was for a lot of things about, about the rest about the rest of the series. Yeah, yeah. I just want um, you you'll you'll probably laugh when I say this. I think as someone who has read it, it is very important that you understand that this will not be a happy story. No, yeah, no, 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 no. Um, there's I, that's the one thing is I do know is how it ends. This like, ends pretty horrifyingly. Yeah. If you if you remember how horrible Joffrey was, you know how the story ends already. Um, so just just letting you know that. Um, yeah. yeah. So there you go. Yeah. There's gonna be a lot of fun, you know, getting there, but it's gonna end pretty horrifying. It, it ends pretty rough. Um, oh, I do want to see Emma Darcy and Olivia Cook and see how how they do as the characters. Yeah, I think I mean I think they'll be fine. Yeah. Olivia Cook's really good. Yeah. I know that. I don't know Emma Darcy from anything. They are they're new. They're they're newer to me, anyways. Okay. Uh, but they, you know, the trailers they look good in the trailers. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they do there. Yeah. So yeah, well, uh, we will we will join you again at the end of the season. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we'll, we'll do this again at the end of the season. And, uh, yeah, you know, so stick around, uh, you know, enjoy uh, enjoy your House of Dragon, uh, you know, and uh, as always, uh, keep a, keep an eye on the Phantom Correspondence, uh, what, what we're up to. Uh, you, you just kind of never know what this crazy group of people is going to 
show it's up true. and do. You That's never true. know. You know, so we just get wild hair sometimes and just we're like, hey, we're going to do this. Um, so keep an eye out. Uh, we got plenty of great material coming at you. And as always, we like to say that fandom is for everyone. Um, but I'm going to amend that unless you're a Kristen Cole fan. Uh, fandom is not for you if you are a Kristen Cole fan. Um, and I just, I just I have to say that. But for everyone else. Is that is that a, is that fair, a fair, fair amendment? Yes. Okay, good. All right, uh, but yeah, famous for everyone. Uh, y'all have a good evening, and uh, we will see you next time.